If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlewood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange... The Bizarre, The Unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. Oh, we're doing another episode. Okay. I was, um, I was, I was just reading through some posts on the, uh, on the Freak of Box of Oddities Facebook page. This is, this is interesting. I, I love learning about people who listen to the podcast. Chrissy writes, when I was four or five years old, I would always go into the den and play with my make-believe friend, Danny. After years of crazy happenings in the house, including random things being broken, moved, noises, totally condensing a long active history in this house, my mom did a little research on the house. Turns out there was a little five-year-old boy who died in the house, and his name was Danny. No. Thanks, Ma, for letting me kick it with the dead kid. Wow. If you're not a member of the uh, the Freaks page, the Freaks page, jump on board. Some good conversation there. It's been a lot of fun to watch for sure. The thing is, with our Facebook page, our regular Facebook page, they only allow you like five thousand mm. um, friends. Uh, we're at that level, so it's really at a point now where that's the other option is the Freak page. Yeah. Well, I mean, I. I'm the one who manages the the Box of Oddities Facebook page mm-hmm. and the the Freaks handle, the Freaks Facebook group. So um, that's actually the better place to be anyway. So There's a lot more activity there, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and uh, thanks to our admin, Sam Porter. He helps Sam you with that page. Sam is the bomb diggity. He is. I am publicly recognizing him as rad. My God, Sam. Congratulations on that. Oh, it's not the first time. Speaking of uh, dead people in the house, yeah. I did want to mention, we watched the movie A Ghost Story, which- With I, Casey Affleck. We're like three years behind on movies. We're yeah. not up to speed, P.S. Um, I think it's a combination of the fact that we're very busy people, and also we're we're both getting into our 90s. <laughs> um, so we're, you know, that's still a new movie for us. Uh-huh. And- Gosh, we liked it. Yeah, it echoed in our head for days. For 
days. Yeah, if you haven't seen Ghost Story, A Ghost Story with Casey Affleck, it's on Netflix. Check it out. Whoa. Yeah. It's it's rugged. And uh, for me, at least, I don't know how it will affect you, but for me, I left feeling uh, immensely sad and uh, forlorn. And then the next day, I couldn't get uh, the soundtrack out of my head. And then I listened to it, and I became sad all over again. And then mm-hmm. I just couldn't stop thinking about the story and what it meant. And you know, there's it, there's a lot of yeah, underlying meaning. There, there was a lot that it's happened. A lot going on. It's a very simple film, but there is so much going on. Yeah. Under the surface, that uh, really it uh, it warrants a second watch, I believe. Cat uh, recommends nine out of ten stars. All right. Well, I got a story for you. I love stories. <gasps> I love stories. On Wednesday morning, November 21st, 1973, a couple guys, Fred Simmons and Tex Moore, were traveling north from Miami, or Miniami, as I mistakenly typed. <laughs> Along the way, they picked up a couple of hitchhikers because that's what you did in the 70s. Yeah, you, you that's just... what I did up until about four months ago. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Uh, The hitchhikers' names were Troy Gregg and Sam Allen. Uh, Now, Troy Gregg was 26. Sam Allen was 16. So they're traveling along north of Miami, probably 95, I-95, and about 240 miles north of Miami, their car broke down. Oh, no. So they flagged down a Florida State Highway Patrolman. And I said, hey, our car just, it didn't just break down. I mean, it, I guess it was, you know, a real shit box to begin with. And they just said, okay, well, this car's done. Let's go get another one. So, (laughs) yep. The the patrolman accompanied Simmons and Moore to an an auto dealer where Simmons bought a 1960 red and white Pontiac. (laughs) I just can't get over how funny that is. A uh, car broke down. Uh, I guess just, we'll just leave it. Yeah. <laughs> Needed an oil change anyway. So they go back where they dropped off uh, the hitchhikers, Greg and Allen, and they picked them back up again and resumed resume their journey northward. Well, that was very nice of them. En route, both Simmons and Moore were flashing around large sums of cash. Oh, no. Yeah. The guys who bought the car. Why? Because they had it, I guess, and it was the 70s. I don't know. So at the intersection of I-10 and I-75 in North Florida, they pick up another hitchhiker. Wow. This guy's name was Dennis Weaver. No, not the actor. Now, he rode with the group, and they drank, and they partied, and uh, he he stayed with them until they let him out in an intersection in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, at approximately 11 p.m. that night. And the car pulled away, and they continued to drive until they got to the intersection of Georgia Highway 20 and I-85 in Gwinnett County, Georgia. There they stopped at a rest stop, and the car owners, Simmons and Moore, got out of the car. At that point, one of the hitchhikers, Troy Gregg, turned around and told his companion to get out. We're going to rob them. I knew as soon as I heard his name, I was like, that guy's trouble, because his name sounds weird. I don't like how it's two first names. Troy Gregg. Yeah. Yeah, his middle name is Leon. So Troy Leon Gregg. Three, really, three first names. That's triple trouble. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> That's triple trouble indeed. So Greg pulled out a gun 
and uh, he lay out on the top of the car with the gun in his hand to get a good aim as Simmons and Moore were coming back up the bank. And he fired three shots at them. Didn't give them any warnings. What? Just, just you know, fired three shots that's at them. That's not just robbing people. That's shooting at people. That's, that's different. That's assassination is what that is. That's terrible. One of the men fell. The other staggered. Greg then circled around to the back of the car and approached the two men. Both of them were laying in a drainage ditch at this point. He took the gun out, put it to one of the guy's heads, and pulled the trigger. Then he went right over to the other guy, placed the gun against his head, and pulled the trigger again. What the heck? This is not just robbing people. No. Then he took their money and whatever contents that were in their pockets. This got intense so fast. I, I know. Okay. And he told Alan to get in the car and they drove away. Ugh, the worst road trip. I've been on some bad ones, but never that bad. None that involved multiple homicides and a rest stop. Yeah, no, rest stops are usually the spot where you get the fun stuff in. I'm going to ask you about that after the episode. I mean, like arcade games and an omelet. Okay. So the next morning, the bodies of Simmons and Moore were discovered in the drainage dish. That dish. Were discovered in the drainage ditch. A state crime lab medical examiner stated that the death was caused by gunshot wounds, that Simmons had been shot in the right corner of the right eye in the region of the temple. And Moore had been shot once in the right cheek of the face and once in the rear of the head. This is terrible. So on Friday morning, November 23rd, 1973, the other hitchhiker that got out right before that happened, Dennis Weaver. Yeah. Denny Weaves. Denny Weaves, they called him. That's what I call him. Yeah. He went to an Atlanta restaurant for breakfast. He's sitting there eating his plate of eggs or whatever it was he ordered. And he was reading the newspaper, and on the front page of the Atlanta newspaper was an article about this homicide, and he apparently recognized the victims. Sure. So he called authorities. He called the uh, Gwinnett County Police Department. Denny Weaves doing the right thing. I love it. He told them he thought Greg and Alan were going to go, were, were the ones that did the uh, the murder. They were the doers, as they say on Cold Case. Right. Uh, But he said that during their partying, he had heard them talk about going to uh, Asheville, North Carolina. I've heard that's lovely, by the way. I've heard it's lovely, too. Not related to the story, but please continue. So in response to a bulletin from the uh, county authorities, the Asheville police apprehended Greg. Yes. Driving Simmons 1960 Pontiac at about 3 p.m. on November 24th. Eat it, Greg. With him in the car was Alan. And three other people. Did they pick up hitchhikers? Yes. In their stolen hitchhikey car? Yep. And he was still carrying the twenty-five caliber automatic pistol that uh, he had murdered the other two people with. He had about $107 in cash. Ballistics tests subsequently established that the bullets from the gun came from the gun he was he was carrying. Well, yeah. So they got Denweave um, to come in and identify the automobile that he had ridden in with Greg and the other other victims, and also the headbands that were worn by Greg and Alan because, again, it was the 70s. Wait, what kind of headbands? I'm I'm thinking like the folded-up bandana type of headbands that they would tie in the back, you know, and 
Then they'd wear like those big oversized colored Foster Grant sunglasses. Oh, okay. That I, was standard hitchhiking garb in the I 70s. I pictured an athletic headband with blue and red stripes. Oh, this so was pre-athletic headband. I'm glad that you clarified okay. uh as someone with knowledge of the 70s firsthand, and I <laughs> yep. have none. Yep. Um, so I appreciate you and your perspective. Thank you. And I love bandanas. Please continue. So they asked Greg, the detectives, if that is how it happened, and he said, yes, it was. I'm sorry, how what happened? I got distracted by headbands. Okay. Weaver had told his account of what had happened, and uh, they pieced together the, the information that they had from the site, and they asked him if this is what happened, and he said, yes, it was how it happened. In rebuttal of defense evidence, the state did establish that when asked by an Asheville detective why he did it, Greg replied, by God, I wanted them dead. This was a cold-blooded ass. Yeah, I mean, again, that doesn't sound like robbery. It sounds like he just wanted to kill them. Yeah. Had they done something to him? These people were total strangers. Allegedly. Maybe the doers knew them from back in Cambodia. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. So the state also presented evidence that that, uh, Greg... While awaiting trial, had written a letter to Allen requesting that he testify as outlined in the letter, which accorded with Greg's or trial testimony. You can't just do that. You can't be like, hey, could you say that this is what happened? Because yeah. that's what I told the police. Happened. Right. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. D. Weaves didn't go along with it, right? No. Okay. No. D. Weaves was pointing the finger. I got a thing for D-Weaves. So Troy Gregg testified that he, even though he had admitted to the uh, murders, to the detective. By God, I wanted them dead. Yeah. He testified that he and Alan were giving a ride, were given a ride by Simmons and Moore, that throughout the trip, Simmons and Moore were drinking beer and whiskey and that they had stopped at that rest stop. And he said, Fred hit me on the left jaw and knocked me into the drainage ditch. And I got up and asked him to leave me alone. And he hit me a second time and knocked me back into the drainage ditch. When I come out of the drainage ditch, this is a quote, Mm. the the second time, he came at me. I don't know what he had in his hand. It could have been a knife or a pipe, because again, it was the 70s. Mm. I don't know what it was, but when he came at me the second time, I shot him. So he's saying that it was self-defense. And he swore that he was very scared that he left there because he was scared and drove the car up I-85 until they got to a Howard Johnson's and stayed the night. He didn't mean to kill them, he said. He shot them to protect himself. At the time of his arrest, he still had over $100 on him. He had their car, and he had the gun. And he shot both of them point blank in the head. In the head, yep, parts. parts. As far as the letter goes, he denied writing some of the words. Oh, okay. He he said he wrote some of the words, but not all of them. That reminds me of that guy (laughs) who stole stuff from a grocery store and said that the pants that he was wearing were his, but the pockets containing the stolen items were not. That's that's not a thing. That's a weak defense. Guys. So Greg, after the trial, was convicted of having murdered Fred Edwin Simmons (laughs) and Bob Derwood Moore in order to rob them. And he was sentenced to death. Now, 
At that time, Georgia had just instituted a death penalty statute, which required a separate trial proceeding to determine punishment in a capital case. Okay. After the establishment of guilt, establishing a list of aggravating circumstances that must be present to consider a death penalty and providing for a review by the state Supreme Court. Seems fair. Now, again, this was 1974 when he was convicted. Okay. So, of course, he appeals. And it goes all the way up. This case goes all the way up to the Supreme Court. What? On July 2nd, 1976, the Supreme Court held by a 7-2 majority that the state of Georgia could constitutionally put Greg to death. Okay. So, in 1980, the night before his execution, Greg and several other death row inmates... Somehow made, they took their pajamas and, and, and made them look like prison guard uniforms. How? He sawed, they sawed through some bars, ran down a fire escape, presented the guards with some fake badges that they had made. <laughs> yeah, I know. In their pajamas, uh, he, they talked their way past the real guards. They hopped into a waiting getaway car and... They fled across state lines. I believe that the term is hightailed it out of there. This was the first death row escape in the history of Atlanta. This is insane. Along the way, though, Greg thought it would be a good idea to stop and call a reporter from a payphone and brag about his escape. What an ass. And proclaim that uh, he'd rather die a free man than spend one more day on death row. Okay. You, was only, I, you were only going to spend one more day on death row, actually, because it was the day before your execution. Yeah. And I, I'm going to have to go ahead and say it. You weren't a free man. You weren't a free man before you were arrested. You were a man who would live in such a way and behave in such a way and feel and think in such a way that they think it's appropriate to murder two other people in a drainage ditch. So you're not free. You live in some sort of weird, bizarre, really uncomfortable state of angst uh, that is not normal and that is not functioning and well, and you are broken. And so you're never free, Greg. You are never free. That was beautiful. He, that's disgusting, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Brother die free man. Shut up. Ugh. So the reporter calls the prison, gets the warden on the phone, and says, Hey, um, so I talked to this guy. He says he escaped from your prison. Mm. And the warden said, No, that's nonsense. Oh, uh, had they not figured it out yet? No, or they, were they, they just lying? No, they didn't know yet because oh, it had only shit. been a couple of hours. That's they didn't nuts. even know that he was gone. Ooh. So Troy Gregg, Troy Leon Gregg, then traveled north. I, I just, it's just so stupid. Like, do you think Andy Dufresne ever called <laughs> the reporters <laughs> no. and was like, hey, guess what? I'm heading to Mexico to build me a boat. No. Fuck no. No. He, oh. This is so infuriating. I hate people like this. Go ahead. Well, he very cleverly hit a note in a field for Morgan Freeman. That's the smart thing to do. Right. Always bring Morgan Freeman in on it. <laughs> you find a rock that doesn't make any sense that would be in a field. Right. It's lava, you know. Piece of volcanic rock. Yeah. So Troy Gregg went to North Carolina that night. Um, it's only been a few hours since the breakout. <laughs> okay. 
He decides driving along, and he decides he's going to duck into a bar and have a couple of drinks because, well, prison breaks make you thirsty. Of course. By all accounts, he was there for a few hours. And at that bar, just hours after he broke out of death row, he was beaten to death in a bar fight. (laughs) Sorry, that's terrible. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> no, it just no. It's it's not that funny. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. That, it, well, it is. Um, it's just that <laughs> one. It's not where I expected that to go. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm surprised and uncomfortable. Um, but also, <laughs> like he deserved it. He was a yeah. shit. Um, exact details of what happened are a little fuzzy. Well. I mean, you know what happened. He's a dick. He's a dick. He got into a fight. Um, His killers were never caught. Oh, Jesus. That's terrible, But witnesses said... They're never free either, by the way. No, no. But witnesses said that he pissed off some bikers. I'm so sorry. I should not be laughing. This was a notorious gang bar. I think I'm tired. So (laughs) the escape was discovered the following morning. Wait, didn't the reporter already call? Yeah, but they didn't bother checking until the following morning. Are you kidding me? Yeah. At about the same time, Greg's body was fished out of a lake about 13 hours before his scheduled execution was to take place. Wow. He would have lived 13 hours longer if he'd he'd stayed in prison. This is amazing. His fellow escapees were all peacefully caught within a few days. The end. That is remarkable. Wow. Yeah. 70s were crazy. Those pant bottoms got so wide. The wide pant bottoms, <sighs> the murdering of hitchhikers. I'm exhausted. Yeah, that was that an was emotional. A real roller coaster. What's <laughs> a roller coaster, wasn't it? So there you go. Man, we should have done your story second. Mine sucks. <laughs> and now, that thing in the middle. Again, mentioning the freak page, somebody posted this ranker list on the freak page and we thought this is perfect for a thing in the middle these are funny epitaphs number five in memory of cleveland browns lover scott e and sminger he respectfully requests six cleveland brown pallbearers so the browns can let him down one more time wow number four douglas legler requested the world's shortest obituary so there's a picture of him and it just says doug died (laughs) i mean it could have been shorter if it just said dead number three in memory of raymond allen big al brownlee he despised canned cranberry sauce wearing shorts cigarette butts in his driveway oatmeal loud mouth know-it-alls tabasco sauce Reality TV shows and anything to do with the Kardashians. I think I would have liked that guy. I like him. Number two, William Ziegler escaped this mortal realm on Friday, July 29th, 2016, at the age of 69. We think he did it on purpose to avoid having to make a decision in the pending presidential election. (laughs) He leaves behind four children, five grandchildren, and the potted meat industry for which he was an unofficial spokesman until his dietary restrictions forced him to eat real food. And number one, in memory of Richard Norton Bacon, Richard Norton Bacon of Lumberton has left the building. His friends will tell you he's in a better place. The rest will say they can smell bacon burning. (laughs) Well, here's a bonus one. This one's too good not to 
not to mention Val Patterson. He wrote his own obituary. He said, Now that I've gone to my reward, I have confessions and things I should now say. As it turns out, I am the guy who took the safe from the Motorview drive-in back in June of 1971. I could have left that unsaid, but I wanted to get it off my chest. Mm -hmm. Also, I really am not a PhD. <laughs> what happened was... <laughs> that, See, what had happened was... <laughs> that day I went to pay off my college student loan at the U of U. The girl working there put my receipt into the wrong stack, and two weeks later, a PhD diploma came in the mail. I didn't even graduate. I only had three years of college credit. In fact, I never did even learn what the letters PhD stood for. I mean... Ooh, wow. He was given an opportunity and he took it. That's <laughs> yeah, what I suppose. Uh, the Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan Toth. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something, if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores and then I had bonus chores and bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? <sighs> Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids, and they live about 3,000 miles away, and my daughter is expecting a child, and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life... Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's 
A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and use code oddities at checkout. And you will save. Thanks, Aura Frames, for bringing my family a little bit closer. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and we still don't have that old podcast smell this is the box of oddities so what's going on on instagram you don't let me read any of those messages it's not that i don't let you it's that you don't need to back off (laughs) okay you're a little territorial when it comes to the social media i first of all it's just that it's easier for me to measure and maintain and respond and do the the things when I don't have someone else sticking their jammy little fingers in there all the time. <laughs> so what's going on on Instagram? So Al sent us a message and it says, you know, the whole coincidental number repetition stuff has always sounded like just finding patterns because you're looking for a pattern. We had talked about how, you know, we named our company 1111 because those repeating number patterns show up all the time in our lives. Plus, we were married on the 11th, and it's a very special date and number right, for right, us. Right. And we were engaged on the 11th, and we have date night on the 11th of every month. Al continues, but I'm catching up on the show from the beginning, and I listened to Halloween Part 2, which, by the way, looks like an 11. Today, on one eleven. Aha. Uh-huh. Coincidence? Mm. Ancient astronaut theorists say yes. I love the podcast. Keep being exactly who you are. On a scale of watching paint dry to first roller coaster drop, you are squarely on the Dr. Sadler seeing her first dinosaur. That's pretty great. Like an 11. That's an 11. (laughs) Well done. Can we watch Jurassic Park again, by the way? It's been too long. I have it in 3D. List of movies that I want to see that we haven't seen in a long time. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Glory, mm-hmm. uh, which just popped into my head the other day. And I was like, why haven't I seen that in like nine years? That's a great movie. I know. Again, Morgan Freeman. Dances with Wolves. Mm-hmm. Problematic, but still nice. Sure, sure. What's the one with the milkshake? Good Burger. I've never even heard of that before. You mentioned it yesterday. Come on, you're a Nickelodeon kid. You know I'm 100% not a Nickelodeon that's kid. True. I was too poor. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why I that's have right. bunions. <laughs> You, because you I have, have bunions, I don't know what Good Burger is. <laughs> oh, no. Now she's slumped in her chair with her arms crossed. <laughs> I'm sorry that you didn't have basic cable. <laughs> and I'm sorry for your bunions. 
Um, I'm not really sure why not having basic cable led to bunions. Was it because of all your trips down to the stream with the spices? (laughs) (laughs) No, because we were poor. We don't need to discuss it. All right. That leads me to this question. What you got for me? What, what you, what, what you, what you got for me? What, 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 what you got for me? That, by the way, the name of our 2020 tour. That's right. It's the What You Got For Me Live Tour 2020. All right. So um, expect this to be a huge downer. Oh. Okay. Prepare your shits. What's Perry Romberg syndrome, you might say? Hmm. What is Perry Romberg I thought you might say that. So Perry Romberg syndrome is a rare disease Physicians studying the disorder have estimated that Perry-Romberg may affect as many as one in 250,000 in the general population. So Perry-Romberg, as we will call it, PR from now on, or PRS, I guess. I guess PRS is a little more specific, but whatever. Anyway, okay. So PRS is an autoimmune mechanism um, suspected caused syndrome, which may be a type of localized scleroderma. Scleroderma is a fun word to say, but it, I'm sure that I have no idea what it is, but I'm sure it's not good. It's fucking terrible. What it's is what scleroderma? It's what my friend Lainey had and what she eventually died from uh, having. I thought that was, was like, cyst- I thought she had cystic fibrosis. No, she had scleroderma. Wow. Tell me about it. Well, Perry Romberg syndrome is thought to be linked to scleroderma or a type of scleroderma, but there's really uh, not a lot of information about it because it is so rare. Uh, Precise causes and uh, pathogenesis. By the way, pathogenesis was going to be the original name of our 2020 live tour, but she talked me out of it. That's the last fun that you can have. Okay. Because this this, is going to be a downer. Yep. This is a disorder. Characterized by slowly progressive deterioration or atrophy of the skin and soft tissues in half of the face. Just half of the face? Yeah. So it becomes stone-like? No. It becomes sunken in. Oh, Because wow. the muscle and the tissue underneath is dying. Oh, my God. So Perry-Romberg syndrome appears to occur... Randomly and for unknown reasons, prevalence is much higher in females than males with a ratio of roughly three to two. And the condition is observed on the left side of the face uh, more often than the right. So initial changes usually involve the tissue above the upper jaw or between the nose and the upper corner of the lip and subsequently progress to the angle of the mouth, areas around the eye the brow, the ear, and the neck. And deterioration may also affect the tongue, the soft, um, fleshy parts of the roof of your mouth, and the gums. Oh, you're right. I'm having a really hard time trying to think of something funny to say. Yeah, because there's nothing That's funny. awful. Right. So the disease was first described in 1825. We should have done this one first. And that was in a collection of medical writings by Caleb Perry, which were published by his son. It was described a second time in 1846 by uh, Moritz Romberg. And uh, they were the first to use the descriptive title progressive 
uh, hemifacial atrophy. So Isabella, who is from New Zealand, in 2018 wrote in uh, rarediseasesday.org, which I didn't know was a thing, but it's a very interesting website. You should Mm. check it out. I was diagnosed with this disease when I was five years old, and the left side of my face uh, was affected. I'm now 17, and although I have a reasonably mild case on the outside, over the past few years, it has caused a tremendous amount of pain and strain on my jaw, which has resulted in me not being able to open my mouth very far and only being able to eat liquids. I ended up having a jaw surgery, which has improved the pain and range of my jaw opening. I find it quite hard having this disease in New, in New Zealand. I almost said New England. Sorry about that. As we are a small country, so there are no doctors who have ever treated someone with it before. Oh, my God. It, this can cause a bit of isolation, uh, but I stay positive. I would love to spread the word in New Zealand and create a rare disease community in our small country. So this is how I found this story. When, when did she post this? In 2018. 2018. Is she, is, how is she doing now? Um. She seems to be doing very well. She's beautiful and gorgeous. We'll we'll talk about it. Okay. Okay. But this is the reason that I wanted to talk about this is sometimes um, we talk about diseases or um, neurological disorders or uh, what have you that uh, are oddities for sure. But it concerns me that sometimes it seems as though we're discussing them because they're weird and therefore we're entertained by it. And this is a great example of why it's important to talk about these kinds of things, uh, because this girl feels so isolated because doctors haven't even heard of her disorder before. Oh, my God. And so. How old did you say she was? She was 17. Okay, so she's like 19 now ish. Ish. Okay. She was diagnosed when she was five. Oh, my God. There is hope for those who have this disease. So affected individuals can benefit from fat transfers or fat grafts to restore a match, like a, like a more natural contour of the face. Okay. It depends on how long the disease has been able to go on untreated. Greater volume defects may require reconstructive surgery. Um, There are lots of different options for that. Uh, According to HopkinsChildrens.org, Alex Rodigers, who is a doctor, uh, he talked about how if this illness goes unchecked, it can cause significant changes to the face and severe disfigurement. So there there are some treatments that can be administered to help slow the progress of the disease right you can you can basically transfer fat into the face uh, but, to but fill it out there there are no uh, treatments other than that there's no there's no medi- cure. medication no. that will slow it down or oh wow yeah so he had a patient named Mariana and in her case it had progressed to cause uh, quite a bit of wasting in the upper half of the right side of her face by the time that he came to see her. He wrote, when treating patients such as Mariana, we partner with our rheumatology 
colleagues to help stop the progression of the disease. And that's how they, that's what they do when they're putting these fat deposits in their face to help fill that out. And if it's worse, they discuss options for reconstructive surgery. So the syndrome often begins with a patch of what appears to be a scleroderma in the frontal region of the scalp, which is associated with a loss of hair and the appearance of a depressed linear scar extending down through the mid-face. So, And it always starts like this. It doesn't always, but most often it does. What's happening is where the most often left side of the face is losing its tissue and the right side of the face is maintaining its quote-unquote normal shape, right, right. that line is created naturally from that change. From the depth of the, of the flesh. So about 25% of patients with a facial hematrophy have a more definite vertical or diagonal line down their forehead. Basically, it's just the point where their tissue has stopped dying. In 20% of the cases, the hair and skin overlying affected areas may become hyperpigmented, so they could get um, what looks to be almost rashes, Mm -hmm. or uh, even the opposite way, patches of unpigmented skin. The cartilage of the ear, nose, and larynx can be involved, and in very rare cases, 5 to 10% of those cases, um, they'll see that both sides of the face are affected. Is this a genetic thing? We don't know. We just don't know. Nobody knows. And the rough thing is that neurological abnormalities do occur Mm -hmm. with this. I would imagine. Uh, Roughly 45% of people with Perry-Romberg syndrome are also afflicted with uh, severe pain in the tissues surrounding the, basically, their dying half face. 10% of the affected individuals develop a seizure disorder. So as we said, there's no cure. There's no treatments that can stop the progression of Perry-Romberg syndrome. Reconstructive or microvascular surgery may be needed to repair that wasted tissue. But timing of those surgeries is really highly debated. So as we heard in Isabella's case, she was five when she was diagnosed. Mm. That's when they started noticing the wasting in her face. The question is, do we start addressing this now? Do we perform surgery on her and and fill her her face with fat in an effort to maintain that shape now where she's going to continue to grow and change and the the disease may continue to ravage that tissue? Or do we wait? And a lot of doctors believe that the process should be halted until the disease stops ravaging doing what it does because it does it just stops and for no reason at all no and no one knows why wow and there's no like typical time period from when the disease begins to when it stops you you just don't know it could be a a few months it could be a decade it could be wow it can it can vary a lot so very unpredictable yeah that must drive everybody in the in the world of science and medicine crazy yeah it's it's terrible and because you don't know uh what to expect it does make a lot of sense to say well why don't we just wait until it stops but you don't know how long it's going to go on for Mm. so why waste that time that you could be spending with a you know somewhat average looking face shape 
it's it's a really it's a terrible choice to have to make. And there are some places in the world where they've dealt with this so little that they don't know how to deal with it. Um, there was a story that I read about a little girl and her mom from Australia had traveled to Wisconsin to meet a doctor who is well known as being someone who can who can deal with children with this disease. And they said that for the first time since she'd been diagnosed, they had hope. So it's a real bummer because you don't know how long it's going to last. You don't know why it happens and you don't know how to stop it. Sorry about that. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Whoa. So this community that this lady in uh, New Zealand wanted to... um, start mm-hmm. is there anything that we can do any words of encouragement that we can give any links that we can share yes let me find that thing and i will get banjo ready for pug snortles because we've been remiss we've had a couple of bummer stories the last few weeks and we have not brought the pug snortles out and we've been called out on the social media a number of times for that it's true So if you go to rarediseases.org, there are lots of options to learn more about rare diseases, to advocate for those with rare diseases. And if you are part of a rare disease community, there is a connect now option where you can connect with people who have already joined and said, yes, I have this rare disease and I'm looking to meet people who have this as well. So you won't feel so isolated. You won't feel so alone Uh, because one, you're not anyway. Uh, Rare diseases don't make you uh, alone. We love you and, you know, people care about you regardless. Um, But it it has to be encouraging to know that there are other people out there and the exchange of ideas and knowledge about the illness. It's got to be an amazing thing to be a part of that kind of community. So go to rarediseases.org and uh, join the community. And I'm sure you'll post those links. Of course. I mean, I wouldn't know. You don't let me anywhere near the social media. Back off. Come here, Banjo. Oh, my creaky chair's back, by the way. That did you notice that I did a test of the ASMR with the creaky chair? No. Yeah, creaky chair is going to be real nice for ASMR. Oh, okay. You still thinking about doing an AMSR podcast? That's not what it is. ASMR. Are you taking that small one? Um, well, I thought that was banjo because I can only see his ass under the desk. Wait a minute. Come here, banjo. I'm taking this oh, one. Okay, I'll, I'll you get take Willie. that. All right. All right. Come on, pugs. Come on, Willie Bones. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ, you're heavy. All right, let's see who makes the most noise. My guess is it's Banjo. Well done, boys. Well done. (laughs) They're done. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us, freaks. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you at one of our live shows. We're going to be at, uh, well, you know, you know, just go to our website, theboxofoddities.com, and uh, all the information about our live shows is there. And we would really love to see you there. But if we don't, we'll see you next time. Oh. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. <laughs> Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the Box of Oddities to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you. 
a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2020, all rights reserved. I'm disgusting. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.